And I know it does sound weird or might sound a little trivial, but how we use those two words can be a game changer. It's really powerful. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Lost Art of Parenting podcast. We are here to help educate, entertain, and encourage you in all things parenting. We want to help you understand what you're doing and why so that you can increase the odds of raising children who are prepared for life while enjoying your job as a parent and enjoying your children along the way. My name is Jesse Mayer. I'll be your host, but we cannot do this without the one, the only, Kim Cross. Hey, Jesse. How are you? I am wonderful. How are you? I'm good. It's good to be here. I've got another weird topic for you. Weird topic. There's no toys on the desk today. So I'm a little sad, but let's let's <laughs> see what kind of weirdness we're dealing with today. What's our subject? Well, the topic today is called if and okay. If and okay. I know it sounds strange, but we're going to talk about the use of these two words, if and okay, when we talk to our kids as parents. And I know it does sound weird or might sound a little trivial, but how we use those two words can be a game changer. It's really powerful. Mm. Um, so I thought we'd start with the word if. Okay. So as parents, we use the word if often. You missed often. my joke, Kim. I said, okay. Oh, <laughs> sorry. Did miss that. <laughs> you know, we, we do use the word if quite a bit and it can have a good or bad ending to it or use. So I'm going to explain. We're going to start with a good use of the word if. Okay. So if can be very hopeful. Like if I would say, Hey, if I get a good education, I can get a better career. If I make good decisions, I can have better outcomes. Mm. If I have healthy habits, I can feel better. So the word if kind of helps us dream. It helps us imagine what can be. Um, if only or if this happens, I can. I mean, it can be a good thing, right? Yeah, I mean, having that, it's... It's causal, right? Like, it's hopeful. Uh, yeah, you, it, it gives you motivation to go from one thing to another. Exactly. Right? So there's, there's good use of the word. But okay. as parents, there's also some negative parts. So when we're parenting and we use the word if at the beginning of a sentence, when we're trying to discipline, it doesn't end well. And let me, let me give you an example because there's two negative outcomes that can happen. So here's some examples. Uh, if you were my child, Jesse, I could say, if you're quiet, I'll give you a piece of candy. Or if you get straight A's, I'll pay you $100. I wish that was my deal <laughs> as a child. <laughs> Me too. But actually what I'm doing is I'm giving you a bribe, aren't I? Yeah. And so if I give you something or if I do something for you that, and I'm asking you to do it, you need to do something. It's contractual. Mm. It's very controlling. It's a bribe. And when I put myself in that position as a, as a bribing parent, it does two things. It doesn't allow the child to learn to do what the parent is asking or to learn the consequences of not doing what the parent mm. has asked. So this is not a teaching tool. This is bribery and it's control. Yeah. I mean, it almost turns it into negotiations, right? You're then negotiating with your kids of, well, I need you to do what I want you to do. So, but you have to do this and I'll do yeah, this. Yeah. Like here's this bribe or, and then they start expecting, well, why would I do that if you're not going to offer me something in exchange? Exactly. Right? I call it contractual or it's, it's very controlling. And, 
it's it weakens your position. So let me give you another example. Another negative outcome of the word if starts with if you don't do your chores, I will take away your phone. Mm. Or if you don't get in the car, I will just leave you here. I've I've witnessed parents saying this, right? That's a threat. This is different from a bribe. This is a threat. And it per- puts the child in fight or flight. And actually the parent becomes like in a power position that's threatening, controlling, it's punitive, and it's negative. And this doesn't send a message, either one of them, doesn't send a message that the parent has, quote, the right to set limits or correct behavior. It's putting the parent in the position of, I have to bribe you or I have to threaten you instead of, I'm just telling you and you need to do what I'm asking to do. So it's not, a, it's not teaching discipline. And instead, it's teaching the child to behave out of fear. And eventually, this doesn't work so well. It, they'll, they may work short term. Like if you are using threats and bribes, it may work short term. But long term, it breaks the relationship. And it actually leads to resentment. And now you've got a child who's learning to be sneaky, Right. They don't want to suffer the wrath of whatever's coming. And the child doesn't learn to do the right thing or learn from their mistakes. So they also don't have the opportunity to make any decisions. Right. If you do this, I'll give you this. There's no choice there. Just Mm. do it. Right. Or if you don't do this, here's what's here's what I'm going to do. And they just obey either out of fear or they refuse. And now they're going to get punished. Well, and I think, like you said, it's that contractual thing of you've now shifted the the dynamic of your relationship to there has to be in something in it for me or there has to be something I'm avoiding because of it in order for us to have a dialogue about anything that I'm doing. And then Correct. It's, it's no longer an expectation or respect or this is how we do things in our family. It's a, well, you owe me something, which ain't, I mean, probably the rise in this methodology is why we see such entitlement in a lot of things these days too in a lot of children yeah we're bribing or threatening yeah yeah so if you hear me say this all the time parenting is teaching but children who don't have the opportunity to choose aren't learning kids who don't make decisions and learn which ones are good or bad for them in the long run Mm. are not learning children who do things for a reward or do things to avoid punishment, not learning. So they're growing up either expecting a reward for everything. Well, what am I going to get out of it? Or they do it because they grew up because they grew up with bribery or they do it because they're acting impulsively to find some kind of control in their life. And they learn to be sneaky and avoid that punishment. And they're, they're getting around limits which is really an unhealthy way to grow up. So these children don't learn to make decisions that are in their best interest over time. And making wise decisions is learned, and it takes practice. Yeah, I think you're taking away the opportunity to really grow your relationship as well as, like you said, grow their ability to make decisions and and choices because when everything is carrot or stick, then it's no longer really a choice. It's a, there's an expected outcome on all of these things, correct, right? Correct, correct. Because when you first said that, I was like, well, you can always choose no, but really there's a strong incentivization for the thing that the parent wants to happen. 
And so you're not really giving them a choice. It's either a positive or negative outcome based on. It's very controlling. Yes. Very controlling. Yeah. So um, do you, you've heard me say this on this podcast, I think long time ago when we first started, but have you ever met friends who had very controlling parents all through high school? And then they go off to college and go completely ballistic. Well, I mean, that's the theoretical preacher's kid uh, stereotype, right? Is they grow up in a supposedly overly controlled uh, environment. And so then they go off and do all of the things that their parents wouldn't let them do in college and go off the deep end. And right? pay a big price. We call yeah. it the cats away, the mice will play. Mm. And it's that fear of authority, that fear of getting caught, that fear of, of uh, you know, enduring, quote, punishment which right. is different than consequences, but that can happen. And I've seen it over the years where the opposite, where it's not threats, but it's bribery. And now these kids go to a new job. They go get an assignment. They have something they have to do. And it's uh, what's in it for me and how much you're going to pay me. Right. It's like, wow, those aren't people who are geared to give back to the community or volunteer or do anything mm. because it's the right thing to do. Right. Right. Yeah, it's, it's not a good position. So we have to be careful how we use the word if, right? It's going to be okay. a bribe or a punishment. All right, thought we'd talk about the word okay. All right. <laughs> good, good one. So I often hear parents saying something using the word okay, but they have no idea, they're not aware that this word can literally undermine their power and effectiveness as a parent. And they're not aware that they're using this. This happens in my office at least once a week. So I'll give you an example. I hear parents say to their kids, I need you to pick up your toys, okay? Or they'll say, get in the car because we're going to be late, okay? Or it's time to turn off the TV, okay? <laughs> so adding the word okay actually at the end of the sentence weakens the, the parent's position because you think you're telling them what to do or you're giving a, an instruction, right? You're actually asking a question by saying, okay, at the end. And when we say, okay, at the end of our statement, it changes the meaning and the outcome. Mm. So think about that. I, I need you to pick up your toys. Okay. Am I giving you an option there? I mean, by your... The way you said it, yes, you are giving an option. You're opening it up to interpretation or assent or disagreement as far as you're you're asking a question. So that expects a response that is either positive or negative. Right. right? And what parents don't realize is it comes across, again, as very weak. It's not a definitive or declarative statement. It's a huh, I'm not sure of my position here as the authority figure. Mm. So I'm sort of asking a question and getting permission from you that is this okay that I'm asking you to do that? Right. And it's subtle, but when you change that, you take that word okay off of the end of the sentence, changes everything. It becomes a statement, right? It does. And so parents, when you ask your kids to do something or to stop doing something, it is a statement. It is a directive. It's not an option. And it's okay to ask your kids to do things. We have to do that. We need to do that as parents. They need to learn right from wrong. They need limits in their life. 
So don't be afraid to be their leader, their guide, their teacher, a.k.a. their parent. They need parents. You only have two if you're lucky, right? So, of course, giving kids choices and asking their opinion or sharing, you know, healthy amount of control. We've got a whole podcast about that is a good thing. But we also need to teach. We need to tell. We need to correct. We need to say no when necessary because no and limits are a really big part of life. And we know that children do better when they have clear limits and boundaries and consequences teach lessons and help kids make better decisions. Well, if your kids aren't listening to you the first time, check yourself. Are you using the word if at the beginning or end of your sentence? Or if your children are being you know, sneaky or defiant or, or some other form of just not listening. It could be that you're potentially utilizing okay at the end of your sentence. So it's very similar to when I was learning public speaking, you know, you have your filler words, um, uh, uh, and it makes you sound unconfident. The, this is just another form of that, right? It's a, your intonation, your inflection and the words you're using will dictate how other people respond just because they're kids does not mean that they're not picking up on that. It changes the meaning. It changes the delivery. It changes the outcome. So if you're seeing a lot of that in your life, Kim has a lot of skills and tips to teach you that will help get your children to listen the first time rather than the 50th time. (laughs) And what do you do when your children refuse to listen and follow through? She has skills and tips for that too. Um, Visit RethinkParenting.com for your contact info for Kim, where you can schedule an appointment. Summer's almost here, and that means there's a lot less structured days coming and so much more time with your kids. So try to give yourself a break and make it fun for everybody in the family by working through these things earlier rather than later. Because otherwise, it's just going to be, man, I hate that my kids are home so much. um, (laughs) Because all we do is, yeah, it's out of control. (laughs) And that's not what you want. You want to be excited that they're home and that you get to spend time with them and that you have a healthy relationship. So if you uh, meet with Kim, she will improve your parenting skills. Okay. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys for joining us on the Reef, on the uh, Lost Art of Parenting podcast, and we will see you next time. Thanks, everybody.